pulse rifles and plasma grenades after action report. reports for Robotech. Unlike most shows, Robotech isn't broken down into seasons, it's broken into three volumes because, well, Harmony Gold shoved three different cartoons together. And we've got the Macross Saga, the Robotech Masters slash Southern Cross, and then we've also got the Invid War, or as I think it's actually called, the New Generation. So we're actually going to break this into three after-action reports covering three episodes, but it's not going to be broken down by episode. It's going to be broken down by the battle for Macross Island, the space defense, and an analysis of the SDF-1. So we're covering Booby Trap, Countdown, and Space Fold, the first three episodes of the Macross Saga. All right, friendly composition. It's actually a little hard to really judge what was going on, to be honest, about who was where. There was a lot of, uh, just by the nature of the way the cartoons structured, they reuse a lot of footage. There's kind of unclear about where things are. So what Harmony Gold did was they took a show called Macross and they rewrote it for American audiences and tried to get most of the episodes to work. They played with some things, changed some things around, and then they added two other shows after the fact. So there's a lot of reused footage and just some weird things, especially in the first episode, um, that really didn't stand up when you look at them from an animation perspective. The story does have some plot holes, but we're not going to get into that right now, actually. So, again, friendly composition was the Robotech Defense Force, or the RDF. I think there was a lunar contingent. Um, we had about 12 space defense platforms out there. The main focus was the Super Dimension Fortress, SDF-1, which was basically a command carrier uh, under the command of Captain Henry Glovel, a Russian who seemed to be out in his mid-50s. Uh, other big characters were Lieutenant Commander Roy Foker, Claudia Graves, Lisa Hayes, and Slick Rick Hunter, who is not in the military or wasn't at the time, and was just a stunt pilot that decided to interrupt everything. Uh, I'm told the complement of the SDF-1 is 200 Veritech fighters, but I don't think we saw more than three squadrons launched. It also says it has 120 combat drones, but I'm not sure if that came from later in the series. Uh, again, I'm just reading this off a stats page. Uh, 150 Destroids, which we definitely did not see in the Battle for Macross. 3,500 crew, or what I would consider the Navy. Uh, then they had about 1,500 pilots and air crew, or what we refer to in the Marine Corps as the ACE. They also have 11,000 troops. I'm not sure what they are. I don't think you really ever see any Marines. Occasionally you'll see some like military police running around. Maybe that's what it's supposed to have for a compliment, and it didn't really happen because of the way that they were interrupted. Don't know. We also see uh, two water-based ships, the Prometheus, which is a carrier, supposedly a submersible carrier, uh, and the Daedalus, which was a submersible landing ship, basically a huge mic boat. problem I have with both of those ships is the draft is ridiculous, like they're riding on what should be below water, and there's no way that the Daedalus could ever come into shallow ground like a mic boat does. And then we also have the Armor 01, Armor 02, Armor 10. It's a bunch of floating micro-carrier space platforms. Uh, the SDF was supposed to dock with them, but it ended up getting the Daedalus and the Prometheus later. Uh, and then there were dozens of fighter drones in the Space Forces. So the enemy composition 
you have the Zentradi forces, or the Zentradi armada, with Commander Britai in charge. Then you have the Zentradi fleet, or armada, behind him. We know there was Britai's flagship. The rest of this is rough estimates from what I saw on screen. Roughly 12 Zentradi command ships, 30 Zentradi carriers, and 60 Zentradi scout ships, millions of Zentradi warriors, tens of thousands of battle pods, fighters, and other combat craft. So, quick background, I'm not going to dwell on the backstory here about Zor, protoculture, the Robotech masters, the Zentradi warrior slave race, and the cultural impacts of Robotech. We'll do that in an actual podcast episode with the rest of the crew. Hopefully we can get to some more of those really soon here. We've got a couple that have already been mapped out, but just getting everybody together is difficult. So we're not going to talk about too much about how Rick was an 18-year-old jet jock. Not in this first one. I'll cover it in probably the third one. Uh, he was in an air circus with his adopted brother Roy. The timelines are really jumbled, and they tried to shoehorn a bunch of stuff in. Weird Japanese stuff is the excuse. Bottom line, uh, global war, crashed spaceship, led to peace, harmony, uh, new technology, the SDF-1, and eventually a new war with aliens. This show was my first real appreciation of military sci-fi. Uh, up until that point, even Star Wars was really just more like, ooh, cool Jedi and spaceships, than really what my juvenile mind interpreted as war. This was a clear-cut military organization organized around what I recognize as a military. The show mostly holds up but with some rewrites and updates. A live-action show in the spirit of Robotech following the main beats would be amazing. Don't go away, because Robotech's coming right back. Hope you're ready, because Robotech is back. So the initial onset of this was all caused by the Zentradi forces, which the RDF knew were coming 10 years ago showed up to reclaim Zor's battleship. Based on this, their tactics were very much driven around not causing damage to the battle station, but they certainly didn't care about anything in the surrounding area, nor the humans, as they call them, Micronians. But that definitely played to the fact that a superior force did not bother to lay down a ton of waste and try and conquer, because that's not what they were there for. All right, now the ground air battle for Macross Island. Uh, things start off really chaotic. Nobody's quite sure what's going on. Enemy force is really hard to get a nail on. It seems like it's a couple of Zentradi fighters, maybe two squadrons worth or three. Uh, everybody's lost. Uh, initially what happens is the reflex, reflex cannon fires, um, which is the main gun of the ship. Then a whole bunch of Veritex, which are basically F-14s on steroids, get scrambled. At least three squadrons are launched to deal with the alien fighters aboard, uh, above the island. Uh, Roy stops to coach Rick in the middle of some aerial combat. If things were that thick and heavy, they'd probably both be dead, but hey, it's a cartoon. Rick then robo-crashes under the guidance of Lisa Hayes, ATC Grump Extraordinaire. Um, if you do go to the website, I actually did grab a map of the island from Chris Wan, who drew a very lovely uh, map, and then I did a tactical overlay on top of it if you want to go check it out at prpgpodcast.com. So we enter into some crazy giant robot mount in the middle of downtown Macross. Uh, more damage is done to the city than the actual enemy. <laughs> Rick and Roy engage a number of Zentradi scout pods. We learn about the big bad aliens. And all the civilians take shelter in these amazing airtight bomb shelters. And some of the ground crew magically loaded Rick's stunt flyer into the SDF-1 off camera. Uh, not sure who took the initiative. Roy took the credit. Uh, but definite points awarded for uh, plot device salvation there. Uh, Rick and Roy eventually battle their way back to the orbiting SDF-1. And Rick... 
and his short stint as a fighter pilot comes to an end for now. Uh, wrapping up the ground analysis, the Zentradi had no intent of a land invasion as they were completely focused on recovery of Zor's vessel. Uh, they dedicated only light harassment forces across against Macross Island. So initially they put in their uh, scout ships, I'm sorry, not their scout ships, their fighters, and then they landed some additional scout ships on the, they said, I guess it was the east end of the island actually, now that I'm looking at the map, cockeyed. And these pods took down the RDF reconnaissance, which was checking out what they were doing, and then they were the ones that ended up being in this battle pod versus uh, battle mech, battle royale in downtown Macross. Uh, massive damage caused to the city and the area directly around the SDF-1, but no other real uh, damage was caused to the SDF-1 because that's what the Zentradi were there for. They were there to retrieve it. No other RDF forces were able to respond in time due to the isolated nature of the island in the Pacific. Uh, civilian casualties were likely high, but never really addressed. I guess we just kind of pushed the I happy believe button that everybody got to the shelter. Pulse rifles and plasma grenades after action report.